walkings on your porch And there's a chill out in the air First we give thanks and eat a turkey dinner Then like that it's Santa Claus everywhere Every station's got jingle bells on repeat And the store's got the lights on way too bright Even though you're feeling holidays and confused But everything will be Guitar in that cornucopia. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, baby. Play, play Everything will be. Everything will be. All the days will be. All right, all right, all right. morning lake hills how are you this morning all right all right i mean hey happy thanksgiving day weekend huh how many guys had a great thanksgiving this week yeah the moms in the room are like are you joking that's as loud as you clap for that i put nine hours into that bird how many guys had a great thanksgiving weekend there you go i'll let you redeem that well, my name is Dan Underhill. I am the student pastor here, and it is my joy to be with you. Uh, we are going to continue on in a series, Holidays and Confused, making your holidays all right, all right, all right. We're going to dive into the, the topic of time today. How many of you guys feel like just a minute ago we were at the beginning of school, right? feels like we were just starting school, then we blazed through Halloween into Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's in the rearview mirror now, right? And now... We got our eyes set on the prize of Christmas, right? I mean, we are ready to go. We are locked and loaded. The problem with the holidays is this, though. It goes too fast, doesn't it? It's like the speed is the speed of light. And it crazy, it's crazy how it constricts our time. It feels like things are going by so fast we don't even remember what happened. Like, I don't, I don't even know what our turkey tasted like. I was like... <laughs> gone. She gone. I mean, just gone out of there, man. I mean, it is crazy how fast things go. And I don't like things going super fast. I like to control some things, all right? How many control people we got up in the house? You like to control some things. Okay, half of you are lying. Those of you who know they're lying, you raise your hand next to them that you know that they're, they, how many people love some control? Yeah, you know, you love some control. I love control, Control makes me feel like I'm in charge. And there is nothing that will let you know that you are not in control, like having a kid. You have a kid and you're just like, man, I used to run everything. I don't run anything anymore. But having kids is crazy. Now, see, I and my wife have had four children. Four, yes, we have a bachelor's degree. Yes, we're educated people. Okay, we chose that on purpose. Four children. 
But even as much as I like to prepare, I like to plan in advance, and hey, even for us, we scheduled each one of our deliveries. I mean, we had the great blessing of being able to schedule that. Now, once we got there, <laughs> you ain't got no control, son. We, we were at the mercy of the Lord and saying, God, when is this happening? How long is this going to take? When am I going to eat next? Because for me, I was like, where's my next meal coming? Right? And my wife's like, are you serious <laughs> right now? And so that's where I found out, man, you don't have any control over time at that moment. And that's what brings us to today's message. We're going to talk about time today. And we're going to talk about the fullness of time and the time that God has us strategically placed in right here, right now. The holidays. And so I'm going to take you to a portion of Scripture, okay, that's found in Luke chapter 2. That's where God lays this out and says in the fullness of time, he was unloading his plan. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2. It says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee and from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in the manger, because there was no place in the inn. You see, when it's time, it's time. Like, there's no, like, nope, not going to have the baby now. We're just going to wait. No, it's time. It's time to go. How many of you guys had that crazy rush experience when you're like, when, when your wife looks at you and goes, it's time, and you had to race to the hospital? How many people had that experience? Oh, wow, very few. See, I, I, I missed out on that experience. Again, ours were scheduled. Ours were like, you need to come in here. You need to we'll set this up. All natural childbirth was great. Okay, but then we lost all control of time at that point. When it's time, it's time. And God has placed us in this time because this is his season. You see, without Jesus coming, there's no reason for this season that we're in. Unless he comes, the rest of the story does not matter because if he's not here, he can't do what he was put here to do. And so I want to talk to you about time and control. Okay? You see, because time cannot be controlled, but our perspective in it can be. Our perspective. Think for a minute. For a minute how did Joseph and Mary feel? What were they trying to control? Imagine putting your wife on a donkey with me for a minute, okay, and leading her pregnant. Could you imagine what she's saying to you? You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, this is all I could afford, okay, right? <laughs> could you imagine what they're going through and the attitude that they had when they knew that they were giving birth to the Savior of the world? You see, in that moment, they were in control of their own attitudes. You can't control time. You can only control what you do with your time. And in that moment, you can control your attitude. You see, right now, as much as any of you want to, I'd like you to stop time for me. Go ahead and stop it. Okay, maybe you can't stop. Maybe you just start it. Can you start time? No. You see, managing time is, is an illusion. It's a myth. The only thing you can control is your attitude and your perspective in it. And I want to help you work today through how to change our perspective in the holidays so you don't end up 
holidayed and confused. Because how many of you feel like the holidays go through and it gets crazy stressful? I mean, it gets crazy, crazy stressful. And we want to kind of alleviate some of that pressure from you because, again, the illusion of time is simply that. It's just an illusion. So it's important that you set goals and you set boundaries with your holiday time. What are the goals and what are the boundaries that you're going to set with your holiday time? You see, the goals are something to aim at. What are you aiming at for your holidays this year? What does that look like? Like, what are the things that you want your family to experience? For, for some of the moms who might be sitting there going, I would like just one meal where everybody sat peacefully and smiled and said, thank you for all the hard work I just did. Women, am I right? Am I right? Oh my gosh, that was your moment. Men, what are you looking for out of the holidays for your family? You're there. You're there to lead the charge. What is it that you want to see happen with your family during the holidays? You see, I would encourage you to do some investigating. What do the colors mean that we put up? Why is it green and red? Do you ever stop and think about that? See, red is symbolic of the blood that was going to be shed. Wow, Dan, that's a downer on Christmas. Hey, bring it up. Hey, great, because you know what green represents? The life that was going to be given because of the death on the cross. Have we stopped to consider what our holidays are staring at us in the face, screaming, and saying to us about how we worship? What are your goals? What do you want your family to get out of these holidays? If all you want your family to get out of these holidays is this classic Chevy Chase stapling his shirt to the eaves, yeah, I agree, it's a great movie. And he falls off the ladder in his craziness. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love decorating. There's no ax to grind on that. I decorated my house, and it's great. But if it's only about wreaths, if it's only about tinsel and Christmas trees and presents, we are missing the whole point of the season. Jesus is that reason for the season. And the Bible tells us to be very wise with our time. It tells us how to approach it. What are the goals that you're setting for your family? And for some of you, you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was going to get a goals talk this morning about the holidays. You know what you aim at is what you're going to hit. And if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. What are the goals? What are the boundaries that you have to set? Because, you know, the holidays, you're doing airport runs, right? You're going and picking up in-laws, outlaws, ex-laws, all them laws, right? You're picking them up, and you sometimes you have to put a boundary and say, hey, that's as far as you can go. That's funny. Come on, how many of you guys ever had trouble with some in-laws? Oh, wait, they're in the room, aren't they? Aha, Thanksgiving. They're like, <laughs> not me. They're great. I love you. <laughs> Jesus. I know. My in-laws are here too. They're here and they are great and I love them. In fact, my mother-in-law and I have this epic battle. She's, she is the classic case of I will out-host you no matter what. She's so hospitable. She will absolutely cook until you die. And she wants to see that smile on your face and your eyes roll back in your head until you lean into that turkey coma that we're all used to. You see, what she didn't realize is the irresistible force in my mother-in-law 
met the immovable object in me. And we battled, and we battle it out, okay? But in-laws are just one component. What about your time? What are the boundaries on your time? What does that look like for you? What do you say, this is how far we're going to go before we step off the proverbial edge of our holidays? And we're about to go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> ho, 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 I'm going to kill somebody. Ready? Back to Chevy Chase. I fixed the Newell post. <laughs> how many of you guys remember that part? He loses it. He loses his mind. Absolutely takes a chainsaw and cuts the Newell post. No, I want to have the family in. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We all recognize that. But if we don't set the proper boundaries, what do we end up teaching the next generation about our holidays? What are we putting on display in front of the eyes that are standing next to us as we're preparing the meals and we're decorating the trees? What are we putting on display for this generation to see? Have we talked about the goals? Have we talked about what the meaning of Christmas is? See, I hear a lot of talk about the entitlement generation. And I make it my business to change that generation every week and say it's not about the presents, it's not about competing with the neighbors, with the, you know, decorating the house competition. It's about the Savior that was brought to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men, for the Prince of Peace to live among us and show them these are the boundaries. These are the boundaries of which my family will live and operate, and here are the traditions. Here are the parameters in which the Underhills will live. And I'll make a priority to put the King of Kings first and the Lord of Lords in his proper perspective because if he didn't show up and become the reason for the season, then I've got no reason for any of this. I will teach them those things and set those boundaries. I'll also show them that our calendar does not dictate to me what my priorities are. My priorities will in turn dictate to my calendar what it is. And you see, that's a little bit flip-flopped. We end up getting so many Christmas parties and so many holiday things that we have to do. Did you hear that? That we have to do. Look at the person next to you. Look them right in the eye. Look at them sweet. Look at them real sweet. Come on, the person right next to you. Look at them real sweet and say, you control you, boo-boo. You control you. Don't let your calendar control you. You control your calendar. There are some things you might have to, thank you so much. No, thank you. And you might have to say no to the 183rd Christmas party. Look, more eggnog, more sugar, more cookies. I'm on crack through the holidays. No. And then we wonder why we get burned out on the other side. You dictate to your calendar what your priorities are, but how are you going to dictate those priorities unless you set goals? We have to set the goals and boundaries because the goals give us something to aim at. And if we don't know what that is, then we won't be able to hit it ever. The boundaries protect my family and my goals. Those boundaries, we put a hedge out there and say, here's how far we'll go, and we'll go no further than this. I want to give you some practical handles to put on that because I don't know about you, but my holidays have gotten way too far away from me so many times. And I forget that what I'm doing is I'm living out loud. I'm living out loud in front of my children, in front of my family, in front of my community. How I view the holidays. 
Now, in case you're one of those Scrooges that doesn't want to decorate your house, come on, man. Come on. Don't be a Scrooge. Decorate that house. Make it look nice. Your neighbors are watching you. Guys all around the room are like, I don't like this message. I have to go up on the ladder. Decorate. Prepare room. Because how, how bad would it be if Jesus, who showed up in Bethlehem, and there was no room for him in the inn, how horrible would it be if he showed up at your house this holiday? And there's no room for him. Where is the room that we're providing? Where are the times where we're teaching? You see, your time is one of the most precious resources that you have. Your time is one of our most precious resources. You have to guard it well. Sometimes the best answer is, I'm sorry, unfortunately, we can't do that. Because you've set the right priorities for your home. Now, let me be clear. The right priorities for your home always start with Him. They always start with Him first. Okay? As time being one of our most precious commodities and resources, there's not more being made of it. The only person who can make more time is him. And it was funny, I was talking to my wife about this, and my wife is unbelievably brilliant. If you haven't spoken with her or got to know her, I'm sorry, you're missing out, because she is spectacular. And she was talking to me, she goes, you know, I'm running out of time constantly. She goes, I feel like I can't get enough done around the house. I can't get the kids set up to do what they got to do in the laundry and the cooking, and that's kind of the, the roles that we've set out and the goals for our family. She goes, I feel like I can't get all this done. She goes, and I thought about this morning, what if I tithe my time? And I was like, hope you say what? Tithe your time. I was like, I'm the preacher. I know about tithe. Every preacher knows about tithe, right? Yeah. But here's my wife talking to me. Going, what if I tithe my time? I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm always running out of time, and I know that when I tithe, I make a covenant with God, and I give him the first of my money. And then he multiplies and provides and protects. In fact, the Scripture tells us he gives us credit as if we gave him the whole thing. She goes, what if I tithe my time and took the very first portion of each day? How much more would he multiply? In fact, his word says, give and it'll be given, pressed down, shaken together, abundant and overflowing. She goes, I need some overflowing time. How many guys in here wish you could get some overflowing time, right? It would be great. And I was like, that is genius, baby. That is so great. And so she started this process and she was like, I can get so much more done. It's like God redeems the time. I'm like, that is awesome. And then there's a great Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation catalyst and leader. He said it this way. He said, I have so much to do in my day that I can't afford to not spend the first three hours in prayer. Three hours in prayer. He led the Protestant Reformation. It was kind of a big deal. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go try to take three hours and start three hours in prayer. Maybe, maybe it's three minutes in prayer to start your day. Maybe that's a reasonable goal for you to start with because you don't normally start with prayer. Or maybe it's 13 minutes or maybe it's 30 minutes. 
Maybe it's just making the commitment that when you wake up before your feet hit the floor, you stop and say, you've given me breath one more time. Thank you. Help me to honor you today. Maybe start tithing that time. You know, see, God is the only one who can create time and make time. And it's funny because I heard a man once say, he goes, he goes, God creates the time. And you know what men do? We make the two-minute drill. That's what we do with time. We try to pack as much. in. How many men in the room, that's the way you do? You have this time block, and you try to jam everything into it. Women, how many of your husbands do that? Because the men are lying right now. Okay, there you go. That, that's who I am. Saturday mornings, I'm good with relaxing Saturday morning. And about 9.30, I'm just like, what are we doing with this day? What is the goal? She's like, seriously? Can we just chill today? Like, that's just how I am. All right, that's the way that I'm built. But we need to start taking time to prepare for the season that we're in. Take the time to prepare for the season that you're in. How are you preparing your homes? How are you preparing your homes? Other than decorations, how are you taking the time to prepare for the holidays. Far be it for me that if I decorate my house and make this amazing place for everybody else to see and make no room inside of my own heart for the king, that I take all this time and make it amazing for everybody else to give me compliments on how we decorated and how many places we went and how well we hosted. And Jesus is outside going, any room? any room. Take time to prepare for your holidays. Take the time to prepare. What are you putting out? How are you being present in the holidays instead of just rushing through them and waking up on the other side of them going, wow, that went fast. You see, when my oldest daughter, Eve, was about two or three years old, I was living in New York at the time, and we were playing Legos on the floor. And it's amazing. How many of you guys ever heard the term out of the mouth of babes, right? Here's this two, three-year-old girl. I'm playing Legos. I'm putting them together, taking them apart. And she goes, hey, Dad? I didn't answer. Hey, Dad? Didn't even hear her. Hey, Dad? And I'm like, what? What? What do you need? Why are you yelling? What? What? What is the problem? I'm instantly annoyed, right, parents? You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right? I'm instantaneously annoyed. And she's like, where are you? Two years old, three years old almost. Where are you? Because I was absolutely there playing with Legos, but I was absolutely not present at all. I was not present at all. And for most of us, we can cruise through the holidays being completely absent. We're going from task to task to task, and we have to be able to focus and prepare our hearts, prepare our homes, prepare our family for the holiday time that's in front of us, and be fully present inside of that time. Here's some questions I have. Would Jesus feel welcome inside of your holiday calendar? Would Jesus feel welcome at your table during the holidays? 
Would he feel not only welcome, would he feel celebrated? Would he feel like this is honoring me who gave so much for them? Those are some hard questions to ask, but check this out. This is what it says in Ephesians 5, 15. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but wise, making the most of your time. Because the days are evil, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, honoring God brings peace on earth. It brings peace in your homes. It brings peace in your heart. It brings peace in your home. And it brings peace to our families when we choose to honor Him first and take back control of our time and say, wait a minute, how did this get so out of control? No, 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 no. I'm going to take the reins back and I'm going to put my priorities back in place because it's imperative that we put the priorities back in because it's funny how fast they get out of whack. You see, we were having a great weekend this weekend. We're having a great time, and my wife decides to start putting up a Christmas tree. So we went and bought our first fake Christmas tree. How many fake Christmas tree people we got in the house, right? Yeah, it's amazing. No needles, right? Oh, my gosh. It's our first one. It's click, 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 click. I did that. I'm done. It is great. But then we ran out of some of the decorations that she was decorating it with, and she sent me to God's most forbidden land. Michael's. Okay? You know how many men I saw in Michael's? None. Should have been my first clue. So I started walking through Michael's. And you guys know how wide the aisles are in Michael's? That wide. So here I am going to get, let's get a new star, let's get a new topper, let's get some new decorations, we'll put everything on, and I'm finding myself, oh, excuse, oh, excuse me, <laughs> pardon me, oh, 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 hey, sorry about that, oh, pardon, it's, oh, let me move over here, because I find myself putting myself out of the way, out of the way, out of the way, until all of a sudden my inner Bruce Banner started to boil up, and I'm just like, I could tear this shirt and turn green in a minute. I'm there to decorate and prepare my home for the holidays. And what was happening to my heart? In the middle of it. And on top of that, I chose every bit of it. I intentionally said when we were buying a new house this year, I said, let's call the in-laws. Let's invite them all down. There's plenty of room. We'll put them in this room. We'll stack them over here. We'll stuff them in this closet. And my wife's like, you're so smart. And I'm like, I know. How did you pick me? Gosh, you must be smart too. And then I was at Michael's. And all my salvation was left out in the car. And I chose all those things. And I got caught up very quickly. This is an admission of my own guilt, folks. That's how quick it can go, can it? I mean, it's a short fuse. And in the middle, I said to stop and go, take a breath. Ready? Do it with me. Big inhale through your nose. Ready? 
Take a breath. In fact, I want to do something with you that we're midway in the message. I want to totally break the format for you. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? Too many times in our day do we stop and pray and settle our spirits. And I want to ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me. So would you repeat after me? Would you say this? Would you say, God, help me get everything I need to get because sometimes I don't get it. So help me to get it and not forget it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, isn't it nice to just stop? We're in a controlled environment, and we can just stop, take a moment, and say, I need to refocus with you. That's what I had to do at Michael's. Because I realized the time is now. We're really good about extending grace over the past. We're really good about extending grace over the future. But we're really bad about extending grace in the present, aren't we? In the moment, the time is now to extend that grace. The grace that Jesus extended toward us. The time is now. You see, we are no longer slaves. We don't have to be slaves to the calendar. We don't have to be slaves to people's perceptions of us. We don't have to be slaves to the holidays. We're a son and a daughter of God. And that changes absolutely everything. It gives us the power to stand in the middle and say, mm -mm, no, yes. As for me and my house, that's where we'll be. This is how we'll celebrate. The time is now because it affects everybody. We don't live in a vacuum. The way we live and the way we celebrate, the way we exist with each other, it affects each and every one of us. It affects our neighbors. It affects our teams. It affects our coworkers. It affects our church, our community. It affects everybody. Here's what it says in Galatians 4.4. 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. You see, each one of us know people who are not yet a part of the family of God. Doesn't make you better than them. Doesn't make them less than you. It just means that they're not connected back to the very reason for this season. It means that they're still waiting for that Prince of Peace that seems ever elusive. That King of Kings. That hope of the world. The light that was dropped in a manger that one night. 
you see, you should do some study again into what did the wise man bring and why did he bring what he brought? One of the things that was brought was gold. It was symbolic of the king of the world just entered the universe. And here we are to worship and celebrate him. And some of your neighbors and some of your coworkers have never heard that story. The time is now. Who is it that might be sitting next to you on these rows this time next year? Because you chose to invest in your holidays. We do a significant amount of financial investment in Christmas, don't we? How much spiritual investment do we put in to our holidays? It goes far beyond ribbons and bows. It goes far beyond wrapping and unwrapping toys and gifts that may have been forgotten, may have been broken. These are gifts that will remain for eternity. That's the kind of gift that I'm interested in investing in. I'll buy my kids the toys. I'll buy something sweet for my wife. But what am I investing in that could change someone's eternity? That I want to be a part of. That's a future and a hope. It's not ironic that statistics will tell us that the most depressing time of the year and the highest rate of suicide is the holidays. Wow, Dan, holy downer on the message. No, 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 no. That means you've got a job. That means I've got a job. There are those who are lonely. There are those who feel oppressed. There are those who need to be healed from the holidays and brought home for the holidays. What will be your participation in it? Who can you look down that row and say, there they are. God used me to help them. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to provide some more space and some more time. And in this moment, could you intentionally focus in to listen to that small voice, that Holy Spirit that's inside of you, to hear from him? What does he want you to do during these holidays? And I want to give you some time to think and to be quiet and to be still. Consider it. live in a society that beeps and blings and buzzes so fast, it's hard to take time to just be alone and to be quiet. But solitude and quietness is when we can hear him speak. I read a recent article in USA Today telling you to set up opportunities for your children to be bored. Instead of always trying to give them something to distract them, allow them to be bored. Because what the researchers have figured out is when they're bored, they're more self-aware. They're aware of who they are. They're aware of who they're designed to be. 
And in this time, maybe you need to reprioritize. Maybe think of one or two things and say, here's what we're going to change. Here's what we're going to shift together. Now, maybe you've got your head bowed and your eyes closed and you're sitting here saying, you know, there's a major reprioritization I have to do because you've never made a decision to give Christ your whole life. You've given him pockets. You've asked for help in times when it was difficult. But total control, you've never given over. And I'm here to tell you that's the whole reason for this entire season. It was for Jesus to become the Lord of your life and to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. So if that's you with your heads bowed and eyes closed, you could say a quiet prayer under your breath between you and the Lord. You don't have to say it out loud and say, Lord, I choose you. I choose you. I hear you knocking on the door of my heart. And I want what you have to offer. Your presence are better than anything man can give. If that's you, would you let us know while everybody's heads are bowed? Would you raise your hand and just say, that's me. I'm making that decision. It's nothing we're going to embarrass you about. It's just something we want to pray for you. We're glad you're here. We've been organizing, planning for this very moment for you. But if you just slide your hand up and say, I'm going to mark this moment. This is where I drove a spike in the ground and stepped across the line of faith. I said, I'm going to put priorities back in its place. And as you put your hands down, we have a tradition around here. We put our hands together and say, welcome home. Welcome home.